Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, someone who has, uh, has seen the music business from the inside out. Uh, someone who has participated in the business and is so well respected as a manager, and she is the 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 wife, uh, the widow of the late great Ronnie James Dio, and also his manager. And w- what a job she uh, has done over the years. And uh, I think everyone's so appreciative that she got this book out, uh, Rainbow uh, in the Dark, uh, along with Mick Wall and the two of them. Uh, collaborated to get this uh, this long-awaited book uh, on the late great Ronnie James Dio, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to have Wendy Dio here with us. Wendy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good morning. Yeah, it, it's it had to be a cathartic experience. Uh, it, you know, I won't put words in your mouth, but I imagine it, it was uh, rough at times. It was uh, you know enthralling at times. But I, I would have to believe it was a, a, a bag of mixed emotions getting the book together. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Ronnie had written, uh, he used to come and write, you know, like a couple of chapters, he'd handwrite it, and then he'd go on tour, he'd come back and write a bit more and so on. And he wrote up to the end of, almost the end of Rainbow. And then when he was sick, he started scribbling notes of things he wanted to put in the book and typing things up on the computer. And <clears throat> Nick Wall, who was a really good friend of Ronnie's and, and a journalist that we've known for over 30 years, he said, well, you know what, Wendy, you got to get this book out. And I go, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then the time was never right. And then suddenly Mick said, we got to do it. And I said, you know what, yeah, the time is right. But I wanted it to continue in Ronnie's own words. And so... You know, we, we looked at all the scribbling notes. We, we got through that. We went into the archives. We found interviews that Ronnie had been doing around those times. And then we got it together. And then I chimed in with things that I remembered that were going on at those times. And we completed the book. Yeah, I, I just, I, there's there's two sections that I really look forward. I've ordered mine, and I really look forward to looking into. And it's, it's the period between Elf and and rainbow you know the transition from going from elf to rainbow and and then also uh there was a, there was a time where me as a, a as a music fan very young music fan uh we were hearing about a dio solo album coming out on uh i think it was going to be with uh, with warner before ronnie joined black sabbath and you know all we had for reference was Kerrang or, or, or um, you know, Circus or, hip, you know, Hip Parader. That's all we had were, were the magazines. There was no internet, obviously, and everything else. Uh, how, how in detail do you go into those, those periods of time, again, between Elf and Rainbow and, and then Rainbow and Sabbath? Well, you know, Ronnie had a long, hard road. Uh, he didn't become a success overnight. And, you know, he was in a lot of bands, probably from when he was 10 years old, all the way up, leading up to the Elf and the Electric Elves. And, and there was a lot of different Elf, uh, different bands with that. And then, um, you know, where he with Elf, he um, played, I think, about five world tours with Deep Purple. They got the opening slot on there. His, uh, his manager at the time and the agent got him on to Deep Purple. So he toured with them for about 
five different tours, and that's how he met Richie Blackmore, and that's how he became into Rainbow. In fact, the first Rainbow album, Blackmore's Rainbow, is all of Elf except for the guitar play, which is Richie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just fascinating. And and I always look at Ronnie as being the you know, the the key figure or certainly one of the key figures, but I, in my mind the key figure that combined those those audiences. When he joined Sabbath, I remember uh, telling people, hey, listen, th- this is this is going to be a a great album coming out and and everybody was disappointed because they're, you know, missing Ozzy and so forth. But it was it was Ronnie who combined the the Deep Purple slash Rainbow uh, audiences with the Sabbath audiences, which were two different, two crowds. different crowds. They were uh, they were tremendously yes. different, and he combined it. And I I think uh, you know that really paved the way for uh, for eighties metal just to take off, and uh, and and a lot of people kind of uh, kind of followed in those coattails. But I, uh, to me, he was a key figure in that. Yes, I think you know, uh, Heaven and Hell was uh, was uh, Sabbath's uh, more melodic uh, records than before, and I think that was Ronnie's obviously Ronnie's influence in that with the writing and things. But I mean, nobody, uh, we were really shocked the way that that, that it became such a great iconic record. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, really a different, a, a completely different band and uh, and just i remember the black and blue tour was just uh, it was unbelievable and uh and and dynamic i going through all the notes and everything that uh, that ronnie had had written was there anything that during this process that you learned or was all of it kind of just uh refreshing your memory but what was there any new information for you once you went through all of this the part, um, the scribblings that he left behind, I was already part of his life then. That was part of that. I have learned things about his childhood from what he wrote himself in the book. Um, you know, I was surprised that he stole cars or borrowed them, as he said. Um, <laughs> those are things I was surprised about. In the book, I learned a lot of those things. Um, I didn't realize that he walked to with his grandma when he was about five or six to the steel mill every day to give his grandpa uh, his lunch and things. It's just, you know, things that you, he was just such a uh, a huge star, but he was just such a, a humble human being in real life. And, and I think the book shows that. Is there Dio music that we've never heard? Is there... Uh, is, is there music, whether it's demos and uh, you know, and and or recordings, lost recordings? Is there anything that we haven't heard? There's a lot of stuff in the vault, and we're actually just going through all that because uh, next year the uh, those record labels are bringing out some uh, reissues, and for bonus material, I'm looking through there to see if there's anything that would be up to Ronnie's standard to put out. I don't want to put anything out that Ronnie wouldn't have, have approved of, and so we are looking through that. And I know there is a lot of unreleased material. Whether it's good enough to get out or not is another story. Well, speaking of of extra material, uh, is there a, is there enough material in those those scribblings and the diaries and everything else? Is there enough material for a follow up to this book? Uh, if if uh, this book goes well, yes, there is. Listen, terrific! I, I want to congratulate you on on just a wonderful career yourself, and uh, you're one of the unsung heroes in metal and uh, and and rock and roll in general. And uh, you did a wonderful job. We've met along the uh, the line. I don't know, I don't expect you to uh, to remember all that, but uh, it, it was it was always a, a thrill 
uh, for everyone to meet you and to deal with you. Just uh, what a career you've put together. Can you give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with you, Wendy? Uh, well, it, on the DO site, it's uh, com. Um, we have a lot of things that are going on there with the charity. Well, the charity is uh, is uh, .org. Um But, you know, we have the two two sites telling you what's going on. Hopefully, you know, we can do the Ride for Ronnie and the uh, Celebrity Bowl for Ronnie next year to raise money for our cancer fund. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, got a documentary coming out next year. So, you know, my, my goal is to keep Ronnie's music and his memory alive because the fans are still there. And Ronnie just loved his fans. Well, a big thank you to you and, and to Mick uh, for, for getting out Rainbow in the Dark, and uh, it, we're, we're urging everyone to get it. Wendy, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for your support. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Wendy Dio, everyone. You know, Ronnie James Dio's widow and, and manager, and, you know, meeting them, you know, along the way. They were, you know, they were wonderful to... Um, uh, to sit with and, and talk with and um, you know and, uh, we, we would have lost a lot of time me explaining where <laughs> where, we, where we ran into uh, them and where we dealt with them but um, you know just uh, you know not in a professional manner just kind of bumping into them and BSing uh, with Wendy I used to own a newspaper with my brother called Network and and you know along the way you know we ran into them and we managed bands and uh, hard rock and, and metal music and uh, one of the labels that they were dealing with we were dealing with we had bands on there that we managed and uh, I'll tell you what they were uh, you know down-to-earth people and uh, you know and I know people have heard different you know stories or whatever but I've never seen anything but positive things from Wendy or Ronnie and uh, you know it should be a fascinating book uh, I wonder I uh, you know I wonder what uh, what some folks that have played with him in the past are are commenting on the book. I haven't heard and I haven't done any research on uh, on that end. But we've had Vivian Campbell here, you know, and uh, you know several times, and Richie Blackmore several times, and uh, it'd be interesting to get their take on the book to see if they've they've read it or uh, you know have comment on it. But it's called Rainbow in the Dark. I'll be reading this for sure. Uh, Mick Wall has uh, been just a great writer over the years, and between him and Wendy Dio, uh, I'm sure they put put out a, a a product that Ronnie would be proud of. And he died of cancer uh, several years back, and you know, again, um, Rainbow. I was a, a big Rainbow fan, and when I was 10 years old, uh, my brother got Rainbow on stage, the live album, and I think we uh, we fell in love with his voice, with Dio's voice on that album and and uh you know again with sabbath it was a completely different band i was a big sabbath head and uh you know loved you know what they did early on with ozzy but it was a much different band i remember sitting there telling people that that dio is uh, you know much better singer than ozzy and that's just you know pretty pr pretty obvious but people were like are you crazy are you out of your mind you know ozzy was a it was a different type of voice obviously and and it's not putting down ozzy um, by any means, and we've interviewed him and and his kids and so forth. But um, you know, we have a great deal of respect for uh, Sabbath and uh, original Sabbath and all of that. But it was a much different band with Heaven and Hell in 1980. When uh, I think it was a April uh, 25th, that album came out, long awaited, and uh, I think I was 12 years old. 
12 years old when that came out, or 13 years old. And, uh, you know, we heard it, and we were blown away by that, too. Anyway, uh, a couple years later, three years later, I think, uh, uh, Holy Diver came out, and that was his first solo album. But prior to prior to um, him landing, Ronnie James Dio landing in Sabbath, there was, uh, there was talk about him having a solo album released. And I, I don't know, you know, again, we didn't have much time with Wendy here to talk about who or what was on those uh, those recordings for for the solo work but from what we understood and again it's just you know this is the memory of a you know 12 and 13 year old kid who was uh, who was following it all of our information on on rock hard rock came from magazines you know we my brother and I started one when I was a teenager yet, and we took a national called Network, and we did very well with it. But prior to that, it was all about, you know, Hip Parader and and Circus and Cream and Kerrang, which was a, you know, British metal magazine. And, you know, that's where we got all of our information. For Kerrang, you had to go to a, a record a record shop. And we were Suffolk County people, and we'd have to go into to Nassau County, uh, a place called the Wax Museum is where we would get. Guy Neal owned it, and uh, we'd have to go, you know, to Massapequa to get a Kerrang every month. And it was, um, you know, when you when you're 12 and 13 years old, how the hell do you get, you know, from uh, from North Babylon um, to, you know, to um, uh, you know, Massapequa, you got to get a parent to take you to this record store, and you end up going in there for, you know, for an hour or, or whatever, and just uh, you know browsing around. A uh, much different world that everyone's grown into now with the internet. But back then, it was a much, uh, much, much different situation. But all of your information came from magazines, and you know, Circus and Hip Parader. You know, you can get them on on a lot of newsstands, but, you know, a lot of them didn't have them. You'd have to go to specific places, and I guess you you learned quickly where they were. But what a different world, and that's all of the information that we we had. Uh, I remember there was a battle going on, and if we had more time with Wendy, maybe we'd get into that, but there was a battle going on with, with Ozzy and, and him, uh, him meaning uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio, and they were battling it uh, out, uh, with each other because he took over for Sabbath and and uh, you know he took some shots at Ozzy. Ozzy had a uh, had a little person uh, in his stage show, and when his solo album came out and uh, and he was uh, running around and I think he hung him, you know, as part of the <laughs> theatrics and and he called the the little person or the dwarf or you know uh, you know again it politically incorrect terms but now you know what they would be calling him then uh ronnie he called him ronnie which uh, which was a shot at dio's uh height you know and uh, you know again dio was um dio was taking shots at at ozzy as well and you know i remember uh there was a shot in in either hip parade or cream or one of those one of those magazines of uh of dio um uh, eating eggs, you know, eating like scrambled eggs or something, and and he said, "So what? Ozzy uh, bites the the head so off of small rodents. Uh, we eat chicken embryos or something like that." And that was a, you know, a little um, a little press piece they got and going back and forth. And uh, I I think Dio's uh, I'm paraphrasing, but I I, I think 
um, Dio's line about Ozzy that anyone who who thought Ozzy's voice was better than his is either completely deaf or totally stupid or the other way around, something along those lines. So it got nasty between Ozzy Osbourne, the you know, original singer of Sabbath, Black Sabbath, and um, and uh, and Dio, Ronnie James Dio, who took over for Ozzy when he was, you know, burning out and, and had the split with the band. But anyway, both bands, uh, you know, two completely different bands. And I remember we used to, you know, we used to refer to them as, as two different bands. And, you know, Heaven and Hell came out and then the Mob Rules came out. And for Dio, it was a it was a great uh, career move, and I was going to say public relations move, but you know that as well. But it was a great career move because he had Blackmore's crowd. I mean, anybody who was listening to Rainbow loved Dio's voice, and they you know they brought over that inherited Deep Purple crowd. And then uh, after that, uh, you know, he was uh, from what we understood, he was offered a solo deal with Warner Brothers, which is uh, eventually where what Heaven and Hell came out on, and instead of taking the solo deal, and again, maybe it's it's clear, clarified in the book, I'm just going off of a 12-year-old's memory, um, he, uh, he, he accepted the offer to, to sing with Sabbath, and it was a great career move for Tony Iommi and, and Giza Butler and Bill Ward um, for uh, for... Uh, Sabbath, the remainder of Sabbath without Ozzy, and and it was a great move for Dio. And they, you know, that album went, you know, multi platinum. I'm sure, uh, I don't know how many times multi platinum, but uh, it was a, a big seller. And uh, again, uh, if you're just joining us, Wendy Dio was our guest, and we had um, a conversation with her about Rainbow in the Dark, which is the Ronnie James Dio. Uh, biography, autobiography, and and I, I guess it's not an autobiography because it's written by Mick Wall and Wendy Dio, and and Mick Wall again, a longtime friend of Ronnie's, and uh, and Wendy's, and the two of them together, the two of them together, um, you know, put this book out and a long-awaited biography of of Ronnie James Dio, again, called Rainbow in the Dark. Um, but anyway, it's anyone who's who's listening who remembers that transition from from Sabbath to to Dio's Sabbath will remember what I'm talking about and a lot of people you know that loved early Sabbath uh, uh, you know was resentful to to Dio and it came in and uh, you know completely different sound of course but those uh, that move that move and doing the two albums with Sabbath um, built up an audience and when Holy Diver came out that was a multi-platinum selling album and that was Dio's solo album but he had the two audiences he had he had the the the, uh, the Deep Purple slash Rainbow audience that Richie Blackmore uh, brought him into when he when he started Rainbow and Blackmore left uh, Deep Purple and and of course the the Sabbath audience that was going to you know follow them no matter what and uh, and and when Dio came out, it was a big hit, and a great band. Uh, he put together Vivian Campbell and, and Jimmy Bain was on on bass, I think, and um, Vinnie Peace was uh, was the drummer. Yeah. Anyway, on on the the um, on the first couple of albums, I think that was the lineup, and and then he started getting rotating 
uh, guitarist. And uh, by the way, uh, a big part of that metal movement of the 80s, of the early 80s, and big part of arena rock. I mentioned Black and Blue. That was a huge tour. And, you know, my brother and friends uh, of mine, we we went to both the Coliseum and the and the garden shows as uh, as kids, you know, as uh, really young kids. You know, we went there and... Um, and, and and great shows, both of them. Employees to Cult was the other part of that, the black and blue. Anyway, Ronnie James Dio has been our subject, and Wendy Dio has been our guest, his widow and his former manager, a big part of Ronnie James Dio's career, and certainly without her and her co-writer, Mick Wall, we wouldn't have this book. So, you know, Rainbow fans and Sabbath fans and Dio fans, alike uh, could certainly uh, could certainly uh, uh, find something in this book that they're going to enjoy. Rainbow in the Dark is the name of it. It's the autobiography or biography of Ronnie James Dio off of his notes and scribblings and everything else and and, and the reminiscence uh, uh, the the memory of Wendy Dio uh, putting it all to paper, putting her memories on paper uh, will you know make this a must read and I'll be getting it uh, get it check it out Rainbow in the Dark Wendy Dio has been our very special guest Frank McKay signing off we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down